All right, so gentlemen, it is Sunday, May 3rd, 2020. I'm with Derek and Ryan. Derek, how you doing? Good, good. Doing great. Sound great. You sound good. Mm-hmm. And today you're just... To 3 o'clock. Today your moniker in the Zencaster chat is just D. So that was, uh, I was, yeah. that helped me identify who you, who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan, how are you doing? Rai Rai? Not, not bad. Rai Rai's in the house and not very creative today. Couldn't come up with a very interesting uh, moniker to go with. So what with the old Rai Rai. And I once, once again, forgot to be creative. I don't even know. Like I usually just hit, uh, you know, create an episode name and then just go in. So I don't, I guess I need to figure out how to change mine to something more creative. Anyway, gentlemen, we've gathered here today to continue on with this conversation I've been having with Rai Rai every Sunday about Mm -hmm. sort of the history that became the team that became basically myself and you, Derek and Jeff and Rai Rai Mm -hmm. ruling the world as a uh, team team, leader. Yeah. In the, in the 96, 97 era. So last week we spoke with, Gioff, otherwise known as Jeff, and that gets us through um, to the point in history where uh, Rai Rai met you and started interacting with you. So I'm going right. to uh, sit back and drink um, some <laughs> yeah. of my Cream City Bricks from Enlightened <laughs> Brewing and let you guys discuss. Okay, that's that sounds very that sounds very yeah. enlightened. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, I guess we were talking. I guarantee I'm not nearly as enlightened as you are. Well, we knew that, Rai Rai. That's, that's, well, of course. That just goes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, so Derek and I, we're having flashbacks. Yes. Having flashbacks, pizza, pizza parlors, pizza, pizza, Um, pizza, downtown. Hanging out, hanging out, you know, when when you just hang out when you're in in those days, you're younger. And I wasn't married, so you could just, Hang out and do do your own thing. <laughs> All hours of the night. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how it was, and, right? And, and we like grew up kind of the same. Like Windsor was the place to hang out for young Americans too, right? Yes. Was, oh yeah, that was, was that was no. the kind of the yeah that was kind of a um, how do I say it like a thrill? Yeah, yeah, something different. You know, like you're changing cultures. Even though Windsor's yep. quite you know Westernized or Americanized, it's still. You know what? I remember about Windsor um, living up there because I moved up to Detroit. Well, I moved up to Flint about, two, let's see, 1991. And my, the first time I went over to Windsor, I don't think it was, I think this was a, before, long before Leader Dogs. But what I remember is you would cross over the bridge or go under the tunnel and come out to what felt like Detroit that had been cleaned thoroughly yeah yeah. That sounds yeah. About, yeah that sounds right yeah yeah it, it yeah. i mean the 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 streets were clean the sidewalks were clean the everything mm-hmm. was kept really well the food was amazing um the people were are were friendly i don't know if they are anymore it's been years right. were, yeah were yeah were yeah, we all we, and we always had a, like a chimney sweep that would walk down the street and say top of the morning to you when you came over so no way <laughs> kind of welcome yeah to right welcome, welcome to yeah. canada it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> day yeah. in the neighborhood <laughs> That's right. Top of the morning to you. Birds would land on your shoulder. It was. It was. Uh, yes, you're right. I I would agree there, and that's 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 the way it used to be. <laughs> I remember. I remember people would say coming over the border that it felt like nicer and cleaner and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh yeah. It, I don't know if it lives. I don't know if it lives up to it now. But al, al, what's that? That main drag downtown Alagali. Uh, oh. 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 All that. All that. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely Ola a different Ola. vibe. In Windsor, downtown Windsor, then yeah, I also remember and, and, that people would go over because I think the drinking age was eighteen or nineteen, nineteen, uh, nineteen, yeah. nineteen. That's right, that's yeah. right. Yep. Oh yeah, nineteen was the drinking age, and Michigan it was twenty one, yep. which mm-hmm. I believe it still is. Yep. So yeah, the the drinking age is two years earlier, which again it creates quite the draw, huge draw, young yeah. Americans. Oh to, yeah, to cross oh, over the border for sure. Mm-hmm. So, it just created a really nice, funny. clean environment for us to get drunk before it was legal. <laughs> Exactly, and be ushered back home. Yes, please go back. Please go back home. Thank We're you. We're sure much. that fueled your economy it's, it's, quite it's, well on the weekends. It did. It did very well. But it's it's kind of funny too because it's it's an area being in a border city that you can see on either side of the border. Ninety percent of the people on each side have never crossed the border. Yeah, like there's there's, a, there's such a huge amount of people that would never think to cross Windsor to Detroit or go from Are you Detroit kidding to me? Windsor. Oh. 
there's a lot there were a lot and it's kind of funny because it was kind of you'd be more event adventurous or younger or musicians mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff would have no problem like seeing yeah. the appeal of going to a completely different country and like experiencing right. you know what's it like to be canadian and all that kind of stuff and so, by the way i don't i don't yeah. want to disparage detroit at all I, because there's some amazing places in detroit what i'm saying though what? is <laughs> what i'm saying okay. is that to get to the border you have to go to the parts of detroit that are not really well kept or clean so there's just this huge disparity because you go in this tunnel having just been in detroit and and kind of the trashier part and then you come out and it's like i feel like i'm still in detroit but it's way just 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 you know just cleaner and and look like people cared over there (laughs) i guess you know and just to give it some context too when the pistons won in the early 90s i think it was and it was was five great the Fabulous Five yeah. and Isaiah Thomas and uh, all those guys. Yeah. And there was a huge, huge parade downtown, which, I mean, the games weren't even played downtown. They were played in Auburn, Auburn Hills, Hills at the time. Yep. But they, the, the parade was downtown, and it was traffic. Like, we were down there. It was crazy. I was home probably about three hours before all my friends were that lived in Michigan. So all I had to do was get back on the bus, you know, get back on the bus. Mm-hmm. I had to get back on the bus and just cross the border easily. And I was home, like I said, within about an hour. Everybody else that had come in from the suburbs was was traveling for three hours, yeah. just stuck in traffic yeah. trying to get home. So that, that gives a lot of context to, you know, downtown Detroit really is where everything was happening. Yeah. Really, you know, there was all kinds of stuff going on. There were clubs down there. There were places to, to play and hang out. And so it really wasn't a big deal for you guys to come over the border. So we went, I never yeah. remember we went to mother's mother's pizza right downtown. Right. Um, there'd be lots of places to hang out. And I knew that Derek and I ran in a lot of the same circles. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember too. I just don't. I I can't remember if it was. I think it might have been you and I, Derek. I think at least once you and I went over. Um, And then, by the way, we I'll back down and and let you guys decide or tell us like how it all started. But I remember you and I went over, and at the time, you know, either I or both of us had you know long rock and roll hair, and we would always get pulled over by uh, you know the border (laughs) patrol because they would want to check for all the things. Um, but anyway, why don't we start with, uh, what's your first recollection though? I mean, I know you guys traveled in s- s- the same circles, yeah, but I, your first, uh, real sort of connection. I would think probably Pierre, Pierre Mayo was probably right. a real good connection that linked uh, the two of us together. Uh, cause Pierre was doing music at the time I'd grown up. I'd actually used to, uh, cross the border to go to school. So I knew Pierre from school. And uh, I remember when he started doing music and talking, he kept telling me about this buddy Derek and what what he's what he's doing and you know all his Wait capabilities. And there was this legend, there was this legend built up oh, yeah. of Derek <laughs> that I kept hearing about. And it was funny, even as I got to know Derek, I hadn't heard him play yet. And uh, so the, the the skill at the guitar and everything was legendary. So and it must uh, have been a Pierre sold club, him really well. Sunlight Club is that how you met Pierre? Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, that well, no, I knew him from school, oh. but I, that's oh, why I that's reconnected. Right. With, that's why I reconnected together, with him. Right? Is that what you told me? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. High school, but then I reconnected with okay. Pierre. Then, yeah, okay. High school in okay. Detroit, South Detroit, North Detroit. I don't know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we. Right, right. Yeah. You went to high school in in Detroit. I did. Did we discuss Not that? Far from uh, City Airport. I, you know, I don't know if we did. I had to, because I, I remember you saying that I'm you came a, you over know the what, maybe not for like for law school, but I, I had no idea you were coming over for for high school. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it because I don't know if my paperwork is all in order. <laughs> <laughs> they might, they might go back and there were, there was actually, there was actually one time I was uh, traveling over the border. Yeah. There was about eight years uh, that I was traveling over the border to go to school. And there was once when the, I, there was a certain type of visa that I didn't have and I got sent home for a week and I loved that. Oh, week. I'm sure. I was like, I wish I could go to school, but can't. I can't. So I stayed home. It was they awesome. want, they want a visa awesome. and all I, I got is a MasterCard. I can't go to school. All I got is a MasterCard, American Express. It's not good enough. So, okay. So <laughs> you are schooling with Pierre and then you stay in touch with Pierre. And then at some point in time, Pierre talks about this legend rock star called Derek. <laughs> And then what happens? <laughs> yeah. And then we were hanging in the same circles. And then all of a sudden Derek was there and got to know Derek. And we were talking about all kinds of stuff. And 
uh, eating pizza. Yeah, we're hanging out that. at. Uh, Are you sure it wasn't Marcos? It was Mothers, huh? Mothers? There's no Marcos? Okay. There was Mothers. Marcos, there was a Marcos at the time, too. Mm-hmm. So it was either, it was either Mothers okay. or Marcos. I don't think it was Mother Marcos, but it was, it was one of <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, at the time I was, I, I remember at the pizza. time I was playing with, you know, Pierre and we, we kind of, we kind of developed kind of like a rap core kind of style. Yeah. The Black Plague. Yeah, the Black Plague, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? Eric, I can't you, you know what's fascinating that. about awesome. that? What? I, oh, I absolutely remember that. So what's 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 interesting to me about that is when Grant and I started getting together to just do something because he had his band and I didn't have a band, so we were going to just do this thing on the side. We, because all we had was guitars and a drum machine that could sound like an 808, we just thought, right. you know what, we should do something like body count or something like that where it's just big Mm -hmm. huge guitars walls of guitar um big thick beats and then we thought maybe we'd have people rap on it um which is kind of reflected ish in in the song numb which is just a horrible song yeah um but but we but then we kind of pivoted because you know and thankfully i mean i love that huge rap core sound but i hadn't we thought I, I know what we'll do because we, we thought this would be so innovative and, and just different from any, what anybody else is doing. But right. <laughs> meanwhile, down the street in Detroit, you and Pierre are doing it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's the other thing too, is that if you, the D, DIY, I think it was born in Detroit because I remember the first time I heard people that were writing their own music and recording their own music was out of Detroit. Detroit has such a, a rich history of Motown and rock and electronic. And like, there's so much in just this within the city of Detroit that kind of emanates out mm-hmm. that you, you got this sense of if you, if you, like they said, we were, I was running the circles with Pierre, got to know Derek. And there was a certain group of people that all said, we can do this. We can, we can go into a studio or we can record on our own and we're going to put out a, an album. We're going to put out a song. Mm-hmm. And I think for ben- from from a Canadian standpoint, I'm sure Jeff would agree, is that Windsor benefited from being so close to Detroit because that DIY ethic that just said, we don't got to wait for a label. We don't have to, hmm. you know, this is where Alice Cooper came from. This is where, yeah. you know, the radio station that broke Elton John was here. Um, you know, Grand Funk, uh, there's so many Motown, there's so many, there's so many people that were just like, that had like Smokey Robinson, for example, had nothing. And then he became like the biggest star in, in music. Sure. So the DIY ethic came through to say, I don't have to wait for somebody to tell me that I am talented and that I can do this. It was like, I was hearing about Derek and Derek's band and Mm -hmm. stuff he was doing with Pierre. And it was just like, we could, why do we got to wait for anybody? Let's just do this. Mm. And that's what, that's what I appreciated. I think the first time I I heard Derek's guitar playing was on the black plague. Okay. Which was the the project you did with Pierre, I believe. Yeah. It's just a, it was just a single. The black, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you still yep. have a copy of that, Derek? Oh yeah, I have, I have can, it on CD. Compact can you disc. send it to me? Just a, like an MP3 of it. I don't. Not, I'm not going to yeah. publish it. I just want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would like to. Yeah, we can publish it. I don't, like I don't care. You can probably publish it if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll dig it up. Introduction. Yeah, it's cool. it's a pretty cool track. It, it's it's a cool track. So I, I had a I had a personal introduction to Derek, but then the Black Plague was the thing that introduced me to his. And as, his as far as circles go, I met. I kind of more or less heard about. Grant and Dwight through Pierre, through another friend of Pierre. Because so I think yeah. this guy, I was in this other project before I met Pierre. Well, how I met Pierre was through this other project I was I was involved in that I don't want to speak sure. of. Sure. It's the band <laughs> that cannot be named. Mentioned. Cannot be named. But, <laughs> okay. But this this guy, he Sorry, was, was very, was very t- no. <laughs> yeah, he was very talented. <laughs> But somehow he had some kind of, he was doing some kind of demo. He worked on some kind of demo for Grant and Dwight, I think before the Lost Tribe. I can't remember. I don't know if it was the Lost Tribe. I think it was some group they had before that. Um, And and anyways, that's how I had heard of the Mormons. And uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had never heard of the Mormons before that. It's kind of funny. So that must have been all kind of before 1991 because I met them in 91 and they were already Lost Tribe. Yes. Yeah, this is going back when I was, you know, 19. So yeah. back in, what year was that? That was, oh, yeah, 1990. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, so, so you and Pierre are working together, and you at least did one song that we know of, and then no, we did a, we did a lot of stuff, but that was one that we actually had pressed up, and you gotcha. know, we we went down to the the GMAs with it and tried to promote it, and he had a he a buddy of his kind of was his manager, and um, it was just kind of a, a bigger push we did with that particular single. I think you know it got some airplane, you know, the local, uh, not the local, but the 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 Christian rock shows or rap shows, whatever, on the, in the in that that scene, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Pierre. Was we got airplay. I guess you know, I not, not you know what you know when I say airplay, what that means, you know. Back right, in those right, days. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where radio was actually able to just play stuff and college shows and stuff. Yeah, like that. college shows, sure. things yeah. like that, special shows. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Pierre was probably the first person I ever knew that was actually in the industry. The air quotes okay. I did. Uh, where he was, he was actually on the road. He was DJing for a D boy and all that kind of stuff. He was, he was working. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a working musician. Mm-hmm. That, that always impressed me. Exactly. So I knew that anybody I met through Pierre was was serious about what they were doing. They weren't just, you know, oh. killing time. They They're legit. Wanted, yeah, they were legit. Yeah, right, right. So, so Ryan, you hear this track, and then you guys are eventually just kind of uh, it's through various events you guys are hanging out having pizza yeah so forth okay and, and, and that was even point? before i did the radio show so I, okay I, okay i hadn't even started doing the radio show yet i was looking i think i was getting ready to start law school and in my mind it was already music law and entertainment law that's part of the reason i even wanted to go to law school in the first place so again i wanted to connect with people who are serious about what they're doing and you know being that close to the motor city made it a whole lot easier to to put it in perspective and so Derek, so, did you? Did I you had meet, Go ahead. I was just going to ask you: did, did you meet Jeff first, or Derek, <clears throat> or Ray uh, Ray first? I met Jeff because me and Jeff used to play in youth group band together. I had so no we, idea. I've known Jeff no, for no, a long no. time. Jeff Lafret? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was. The, I, I was. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Lafret. That was that was down the road. Yeah. How did I meet Lafret? I, th- I met Lafret because I had made. After, you know, I was still working with Pierre, but I'd also started forming my own project. Okay. Kind of, I was called, my own my own band it was called Premonition and was kind of rooted in Metallica and Megadeth styles. Yeah. And Ryan was putting together some kind of band nights or concert yeah. nights at a theater downtown. I had a- access to a theater in uh, downtown Windsor that had been closed for like 20 years and then reopened. And uh, so I was bringing over... You know, I was, again, I was doing that Canada meets U.S. Let's get some bands together from both sides of the border. We'll draw from their crowd. We'll draw from the Windsor crowd yeah, and get some people over. So, yeah, we did the one night with uh, Jeff Band Overtaken. Overtaken, and that's right. And Premonition. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'd, uh, I forgot that Lost Tribe was even part of that night. In I, my don't, memory, I don't remember that either. Maybe they were the headliners <laughs> that night. Yeah, right. I think I think they were. And it's so funny thinking about it now because for a band to get over the border right now, you, you forget about it. Oh, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, you probably. guys were literally just putting your stuff in the car. All your you were bringing over your kit. You brought over all yeah. your guitars, right. and you just crossed the border. And went, yeah, we're playing downtown, and they would go, okay, and they would just let you through. Yeah, I don't know. Now you guys have. I, I yeah. remember that night. That night you didn't have any problems. I remember that. Right. I'm sure it's a lot more difficult to get across now. With <laughs> any kind of yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm saying even before, to say the least, before COVID nineteen, I'm saying before COVID nineteen. Yeah, before COVID nineteen, I I, I was t- talking to a friend two weeks ago. She said the last two years have been like the worst ever trying to get artists over the border. Like it's wow. just, it's insane. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. It used to be it used to be so easy. Uh, They're so worried that you're going to cut into cut into. Yep. You know. Oh yeah, I don't know. Because you know we were making so many piles of cash. Yeah, doing like, those shows like we. I don't. You remember you yeah, come in my office? I would have right, stacks of cash just all over the thousands yeah, of dollars being taken away from the smoking a stogie. Yeah, <laughs> I was lighting it on fire like the Joker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I remember sending a limo over for you for you guys to play mm-hmm. if I if I'm not mistaken. That's the way I remember yeah. it anyway. So, you had a fedora yeah. on. I did. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I met Jeff. And that's how I met Jeff. Yep. Okay, so so you met Ray Ray first. So then, so you're going over and doing shows occasionally um, because you've got your own band now, and 
that's not a how whole, you not maybe one or two, not a whole, not a whole lot, but okay, I okay, I don't, yeah. I don't recall a whole lot, but well, I yeah. always, you know, again, I'm not a musician, clearly, um, and uh, I, but I appreciate being around working with creative people, so mm-hmm. I found pretty early on in in my life that my job was to connect people that had similar visions. So right. I, you know, I would, I would say, look, this person's on a track, they're going somewhere and they need, they need, uh, somebody else that's going to help them with this aspect of recording or this aspect right. of touring. And I, so I remember seeing overtaken and premonition kind of at the same points in their careers, wanting to kind of take mm-hmm. it to the next level. And I thought, mm-hmm. what's what a harm in getting these guys together, even if it's just to play a show, go out for pizza after and just talk and then see what happens. Pizza. For sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Detroit and Windsor are not cities that are about uh, competition. You know, you go to LA, you go to New right. York, you're competing with every other band that's out there. And I've had friends that have kind of their bands and, and projects have fallen apart because the competition was just so stifling. Nobody wanted to see anybody get ahead. Uh, Detroit and Windsor are not known for that. Detroit and Windsor are more known, again, correct me if I'm wrong, for collaboration. The idea of let's get together and see if we mm-hmm. can make something happen. So that's what I like about it. That sounds, I dig it. So guys, let's take a real quick break for um, our sponsor and we will be back. All right. And we're back and we're with Derek Silabres and Rai Rai, oh, yeah. who wears a fedora, smokes a stogie, and there's a twinkle. <laughs> that's what, that's what, there's diamonds yeah. when he smiles. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was drawn to his the fat cash he was raising by having young Christian bands come into Windsor to play. Exactly. Uh, I kind of marvel at the idea that I had so I mean, I think I did. I think that year I probably did eight or nine shows. And... I had at least one band crossing the border to come to the show for every show. And I don't think I ever had a problem with anybody getting stuck at the border or getting detained or turned back, which is certainly a possibility. Um, and it's so funny mm-hmm. because uh, one of my friends is involved with the blues fest over here. And she had an artist we had last year. They had uh, more stay in the time came through speaking of fedoras and mirrors and all kinds of cool stuff. And they had, all, they, they had to get all their paperwork in order and they had no problem getting through the border. Another artist was, was coming over to headline the next night and found out the morning of that, oh, by the way, there was a conviction on a DUI that they had they just assumed Uh-oh. it wasn't a big deal and uh, literally got turned back the day of, of the show. And just it was a marketing nightmare for everybody because now you got to fill in an hour and a half of, of a headlining artist. So just to, sh- to show you the difference between the early 90s crossing the border and 2020 crossing the border or, or night and day. So I'm very happy, very Absolutely. happy, Derek, that you were able to get over the border and you had no issues and dogs weren't involved and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yep. So Derek, let me ask you this is, so you played as premonition, which was probably an opener for lost tribe. Um, did you stay in regular contact with the, the Mormon bros or. Uh, well, we were invited to cut a demo. At Pearl. Oh, okay. That's, this is how it all unravels right at this point okay. in time. Okay. So <laughs> that must mean that Grant and because Grant, the reason Grant was at Pearl, I got the, the background on that because I was, I moved to Detroit sometime around 2001, early 2001. Mm-hmm. By that fall, I think because those two guys, Grant and Dwight, had already been going to the Recording Institute of Detroit. 2001? What? No. I'm sorry. 1991. Yeah. 1991. Yeah. My right. bad. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. I get mixed up to, and, you yeah. know, because sure. it's 20. Yeah, it's 2030. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, Michigan I years are different, too. So. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, it was 1991. I started going to the Recording Institute of Detroit. Those Mormon bros were about uh, six months to a year ahead of me in that program. And when they, when Grant um, got his certificate, he got an internship, which means he wasn't getting paid anything to do whatever Ben Gross's bidding was. <laughs> yeah, coffee. Um, 
So he, he must have obviously gotten past that cert- certification and started interning there and got in touch with you to to demo. Was was that just his way of like, do you remember, was that his way of, of having a recording project that he could work on? No, this is for the, the compilation CD for Rex Records. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. were we on the same compilation, the same with Blind? Yes. Or, uh, uh, well, I don't. Uh, we no. never made it. We never made it because my drummer, the drums were just too weak on the on the mm-hmm. demo. Gotcha. I have okay. a copy somewhere. I mean, it's it sounded good. It's just the drummer just it just was well, his drums were falling apart as he was cutting. Wait a minute. Wait a know, minute, Derek. What what what, what you're saying is that Rex had standards. Uh, I I can't go there. I yes. can't go there. Well, no, I went, I I don't no. I wasn't it wasn't Rex. It was more it was oh, Grant. Okay. All right, it was Grant. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So Grant wasn't happy with the drums. That's what it was. So that's what it was. So Grant and Dwight were wanting to get into like a producer type of role. And so they probably were producing some cuts to go onto that record. One of those being numb from Leader Dogs. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, if your cut, if your track didn't make it, <laughs> anybody who went back and listened to Numb right now would be like, and and this did. <laughs> so hey. anyway. I'll have to hear that. It's been so long since I've heard it. And you know what? I thought the I thought the vocals were pretty good. I think I guess that was Grant on those on those vocals. Well, I was I was I think it was Otto on the verses. Really? I th- was it Otto? No, maybe it was Grant singing, and uh, maybe Otto played bass. And oh wow, so there so Otto was. That's why I did meet you in Otto's basement for some reason. Ooh. Yeah, and then I that's I was I didn't really think we just. <laughs> Otto's basement. That's all I, mean. I mean, it was just a casual meeting. I was there. You were there. I don't, I don't remember why. It, yeah, you that was that was just a. I mean that. So that song was recorded was, at about five to ten beats per minute, way too fast. It was. It should have been slowed yeah. down. Mm-hmm. It had some. It had some potential, but we were trying to do rap and 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 rock and then uh-huh. also bring some funk in which i don't even know why the funk thing because it I, I i've never really been i i love listening to funk love yeah. it mm-hmm. i just don't it's know great, if i yeah. you know playing it was especially i think there's some i want to play funk man i, I, I want to funk, funk. i want to <laughs> funk and play the songs <laughs> i i think I think there's some uh, mashups that shouldn't probably happen, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. but anyway, we were. It, it just was it, that song, in my opinion, was a bit of a, a train wreck. We thought it was amazing at the time, of course. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, it, and we were like, man, they're going to hear this song and they're they're going to give us a record deal, man. Well, to 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 <laughs> give us to give it some some uh, context too. I remember we talked about this before. Grant and Dwight didn't want to do anything and put themselves out on Rex records. They had no desire to, to go through that system. But I remember one of the draws for a lot of artists, including, including, you know, some of the ones that I knew was that they, uh, Rex had a deal or a tentative deal with uh, Sony relativity for distribution at the time. Really? And that gave them a lot more clout, you know, for artists that uh. were signing with them. Like, Oh, and the, the reason they'd done that was the, the band believer. They had, had a, oh, yeah. had a general market deal and believer went out uh-huh. through the general market through Sony relativity. And so artists thought, Oh, if I signed a Rex, then I'm going to get distributed through Sony. But the deal was only uh. for believer. The deal wasn't for every artist on the label, but Rex mm-hmm. certainly probably didn't really try to hide the fact that <laughs> they didn't have a, a full general market distribution deal. It was just for one particular artist. And uh, so I think yeah. that's where a lot of confusion came in. So I think that, probably made it a little more attractive for Dwight Grant to get involved. Oh, maybe we can put out something. Maybe we can produce something that's going to go out through the, the Sony arm. I remember that. I remember there being yeah, discussions and, about that for sure. Huh. Sure. Yeah. And so what I, what, when I remember Derek and I, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I, I'm, these details are pretty fuzzy for me, but sure. Um, I remember we had, so we had this, record deal with rex because tyler bacon was hot for lost tribe he really yeah. wanted to sign oh, him yeah. they always staved him off and so grant said hey i've got this side thing with Lyndon." um and then he took that to his decision board and said he with we've got this band from michigan 
And they've, here's the 10 songs. Here's the 10 titles, which we came up with in my apartment <laughs> in, in, in Grand Blank. Um, all but nine, nine of those 10 titles that we just pulled out of our asses became actual song titles. Really? Uh, I, wow. I, I wrote to the song titles. Like we, we had a song title, like Super Saturated, and I wrote a song wow. to, to – to, you know, so I started with a, this, a title, which, you yeah. know, all of our titles were conceptual, so it kind of worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I didn't know uh, that. I didn't know you wrote that way. That's really cool because I well, did that sometimes, and I didn't. I didn't know you did that. It's. I'm not saying it's a good idea, especially when, yeah. <laughs> especially to get a record deal. Like, right. uh, <laughs> here's here's an idea. Uh, let's. We didn't have the the songs written. I think Grant and I might have had riffs to like three or four mm-hmm. so we had to finish just writing the music and then i had to write all the lyrics in, in a very short period of time but sometime in that year we 1990 writing them on pizza boxes while we were cutting the vocals yes wow. yeah nice and at, Derek, at, if we only had those, at the you, studio on eight mile where the bass yep. brother bass brothers bass brothers used to that's what it was work. the bass brothers yeah can you imagine if you still had Derek, those pizza boxes how much they'd be worth right now <laughs> on the open market oh man oh man so much. i'm going through all my stuff to see if i got them somewhere i see i envision you right now ryan your your eyes are up and to the right and you're like tapping your fingers together like i could make more money on this christians <laughs> <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um so anyway we 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 were into that 1995 season and I, we were writing the lyrics and I don't know, I can't remember at what point, but Derek or uh, Grant was like, I mean, I don't even know if we had a plan, like who's going to do this, who's going to vocalize for this. Cause Dwight wasn't going to. Hmm. And so um, Grant was like, well, I've, I know the singer and he, he took out premonition. You did, you might've had like a demo taped Derek. Is that right? Maybe like a, yeah, I had my own. We had our own demo yep. that we cut okay. on the ADAT, and like I said, we cut the demo for the the Rex compilation, but it just wasn't. The, so that well, was everything the was great. It's just the drums just weren't weren't going to cut it. Okay, and, and that's so, how they really heard my my singing, you know, vocal ability. Hmm. So. Yeah, and he saw the 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 you know potential there, so he played that demo for me, and I was like, oh yeah, we could, oh for sure, we could make this work. Hmm. Um. And I don't remember at what point in time we finally started getting together, but you were right. We because we recorded the guitars, bass, and pressed the uh, the Roland R8 drums to tape at a different basement studio. Then we went to Bass Brothers to do vocals, uh, guitar overdubs, and mm-hmm. the samples before yes. we took all of that to Pearl to mix. Um, so. The first time you and I would have actually been working together would have been in that second stage of, you know, actually doing vocals. Right. Um, and I have memories. First of all, I don't know if you remember this, Derek, um, and I don't even know for sure if you were there. We would get there like at five, six o'clock and start setting up every day and um, work until 11 or 12 at night. But mm-hmm. one time we got there and we're in the control room. We're setting up. And the door opened into one of the uh, studio areas and a guy came in with this briefcase, money went into that guy's hand, the briefcase went into another hand and then (laughs) they left. And I was, we were just like all like these young, you know, I'm 22, no, I'm probably 24 at the time, 25. And we're all just like, you know, green, you know, wet behind the ears, yeah. Christian boys, like, mm-hmm. oh, a little boys. So, this is on the, this is at the Bass, the Bass Brothers studio, you think? Yeah, I mean, so it's like miles. pizza, pizza delivery happens in a briefcase? How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was at Bass Brothers studio. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, but. But that must have been where we started working together. And all I can remember for sure is we cut into, I mean, there's a few, I have some memories of yeah. that experience, but the first thing I recall. I remember hanging was, out with you guys though in somebody's basement though with the drum machine. That might've, was that for, before vocals just to kind of. Maybe to get yeah. your, your basement or it was a tile. I remember 
I think maybe it was your basement. I don't know. Yeah, that would that that would make sense if you remember the tile because we had like that tile shuffleboard down in that. I remember the tile. That basement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tile. It was kind of <laughs> yeah. like a kind of my basement had kind of a supper club feel to it. Um, the but speak, uh, the yes, easy. A little oh speak. yeah. <laughs> but I remember the first time that we tracked. Uh, I think we started with a chorus of Yellow and Black Attack. And when you yes. hit it, and then we and then Grant was like, okay, I want you to double that. And then like a machine, you just doubled the exact same thing. <laughs> and that and then my, that was we, my next question is how how did that first recording process go? How did that how did that connect? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then because the when, final product, it's it's testimony to how well it fit. But I, oh, I, yeah. I always got the impression the, that right from day one, you guys were like, This is it, this is the sound. No, well, 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 yes, yes. I mean, we were very fortunate that it was Derek because right. his voice was the perfect uh, instrument, honestly, for that sound. I mean, yeah. that the the lemonade sound is really, I think, two, it's kind of three things. But the keys that you can never really get away from are the super saturated, heavy riff rock drop D guitar riffs. Yep. Mm -hmm. Derek's voice. Mm -hmm. And then like the, yeah. the, the drum machine. Yeah. You, those three things were like the, like if, if you were going to describe lemonade in a sentence for Rolling Stone magazine, that's, yeah. you'd have to mention those three things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is and, why. And, uh, yeah. It was danceable yeah. music with a heavy yeah. growl. I yeah. think the samples were pretty, I think the, the selection of, of sound bites or, or, Audio clips was really, yeah, really key. well done, and I think that that was a key, a key too. So I would make that mm -hmm. my number four. Yeah, I, I would they're like memorable. I mean, you you memorize them. I mean, you yeah. they yeah. stick in your yeah. head, and they try to yeah. dig up where they came from. That was that was my challenge for a couple of years. I didn't do anything else. Yeah, which figure out where those samples came from. <laughs> well, I'm glad as an entertainment lawyer you stopped there, Derek, uh, right? Yeah. Right, because we yeah. would have been in <laughs> yeah. considerable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trouble. Yeah. I mean, the, we were if the Sony we had relativity deal had gone through. Yeah, we had clips on there from Flatliners, the movie. Yeah, um, yep. stuff like that. So we would have been, we could have been cold busted. And if we ever can get these uh, the digital masters dug up and and re released, I don't think anybody's ever going to say anything. But it's, it's at some point in time, somebody might be like, "Hey, wait a minute, that sounds like Flatliners," and then now it's an homage. It's it's okay because right. it's an homage to the original film. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's what yeah, we'll call that's it. That's all. We'll call it an homage. Yeah, that, works. that works. No, it's just an homage. Weird. It's just an homage. Like, I can't wait. We we will never hashtag no that though when we post it. <laughs> Leader yeah. Ducks is the Weird Al of music now. Hashtag ripped off from uh, <laughs> from this movie. That's right. Uh, no, but but uh, but so anyway, when you're actually tracking the vocal. Um, you know, you kind of have all the, the track in the control room, you have all the, the tracks kind of lower so that you can hear the performance when it's coming in. And then we had him double it. And then we had him take off his headphones and come in and, and we just all listened to it with all the tracks back up and his full, hmm. uh, volume. And it was just like, fuck <laughs> <laughs> our jaws <laughs> on the hit. floor. The floor, because and we all knew simultaneously that what just happened is special. Like it didn't matter whether yep. leader dogs would ever become anything, but mm -hmm. we just knew that because of the combination of the, I mean that big riff, mm -hmm. the big drums, and then his voice coming over the top of that and soaring, yep. it was like, what just happened? Like we're <laughs> we're this is this is gold. Yeah. Uh, so. I agree. And so we knew that we were onto something, but Derek's right. There were, I had, I would say 70% of the lyrics written when we mm -hmm. got to the second stage. Um, and actually there were sections of the songs like um, in better ways, for example, we did a, the entire bridge. I remember uh, under pressure is like, okay, we want to track this vocal tonight. And we've, we've all decided there should be some singing here so it was like okay okay and so like i just had to keep looping it over and over and then i wrote you know even though the colors fade the flowers mm -hmm. are dead all that stuff um in the studio um <laughs> so 
So there was times there were definitely whole songs and sections of songs that didn't have lyrics that that we had to. um, And that, by the way, that was on video somewhere. I can't remember who had a maybe it was me that had like a little camcorder or something. But for a while, I I, there was a point at which I went back and looked at some of the footage and it and I saw that, um, you know, me in the studio trying to write those lyrics so that by midnight that night you could cut the tracks so that we could all go home and get four <laughs> hours of sleep before the next work day. So, um, now take these words and make them sound like they're your own. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. But honestly, that's, well, there's two things about that, that made it, made it work for this, for that project. One was the sound was kind of, it, it kind of lended itself to not having, uh, I don't, I, I gotta be careful here. Cause it, it has, tons of feeling it's it's yeah, yeah. it's a, tons of feeling but it also lent itself to kind of that um zombie kind of vibe where it was just like just kind of a guttural kind of like punch it out mm-hmm. so but honestly Derek was able to take what I, I I mean I'm not a good singer all I can do is say Derek do something like this but in your range because I can't sing that high with power sure. yeah. and I would so I would I would hum it to him <clears throat> Um, and sometimes I think I would even, that's actually, that, that's it. We, I would, there were times that I would go into the vocal booth and I would hum it into the mic so that he could hear it in context with the music. And then they would mute my track and then have Derek sing his, that part. Wow. Wow. Um, so I did, so I did have a guide track. I can't remember. Sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Not, and not always, but I remember Derek, the reason I remember that so well is because my guide track for Sprout was what they used for the mix down against my, you know, knowing I didn't know that like Dwight actually mixed that at Pearl sound, but instead of, uh, he, he just wanted to use my voice, which, you know, obviously well, yeah, in hindsight makes historically sure. makes sense, sure. but, but I'm pretty sure. Sh- mm, I would have to believe you cut the you you would have had to have cut the vocals for that because I was going to say there's a there's a version of Sprout where Derek's singing yeah <laughs> I'd yeah. love to hear that that's a trip yeah. I would love yeah. to hear that. wow there has to be because we would have never progressed on to the Pearl Sound stage of uh, and I would have not been surprised to come in and hear his mix of Sprout and hear my voice and it sure. so yeah he must have um, and and by the way Sprout feels tacked onto that record but it was so not tacked on like it mm-hmm. we purposefully went for a lo-fi sound yeah. i played my guitar through a little we discussed this a couple of weeks ago but through yeah, a little yeah. clip-on um amplifier oh cool um, so i had like a 2600 you know paul reed smith playing through this little 15 dollars marshall amplifier mm-hmm. uh, um, and then we used shay's heartbeat as pretty much the only rhythm Yep. And and then I and there was no bass, there were no samples. Well, the, the only samples were the to, the wind up toy that I brought from his nursery, right. and then I I sang. But it 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 wasn't an afterthought. You could you would think it's an afterthought because it's the the last song on the record, and it sounds fairly different from the rest of the record. But it was. I mean, I Somehow I knew I was together. It all flows together, though. That's the crazy thing. And yeah, I knew I wanted to do sprout. Yeah, yeah, and I knew I wanted to do Sprout when we were sitting in the the, uh, the um, living room coming up with the songs because at that time we already knew that Michelle was pregnant. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, so it, it you know that just to shows you. I mean, he was born in November, so that just shows you like <laughs> we did not do this. I mean, we did not have much time to pop this sucker out. I guess right. pun intended. <laughs> so um, no, it's amazing. Written and recorded in three months. I'm that's that's unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, it worked. It works. All that tension and all that pressure worked. Yeah. Worked. And and really, the, the the payoff. One of the payoffs was certainly the Cornerstone Festival. Like if, if yeah, when you you yeah. record stuff in a lab, you put it out there. You don't know if anybody's picking up on it at all. You don't mm-hmm. really have access to sales charts mm-hmm. or that kind of stuff. And then you have thousands of people at the Cornerstone Festival all singing along with every word. That was pretty crazy for me. That was and the, me too. Know, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you, we have fans. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's what. That's why I was Derek. I was saying that I ran around like the the at that day as the soccer dad. 
I was oh, yeah. around going, this is, man, all the work we put into this, like this is, you know, I'm saying this from the non-music side, but all the work that was put yeah. into getting, getting here right. certainly paid off because we got that, we got that sense of we're out there, we're listening, we really dig what you're doing. And we got it all in one day, which was pretty amazing. So were we invited or did you have to, did, did you, did you lock that show in? How did that, how did that all happen? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I did. did. So, did. yeah. It's kind of a, it was kind of both, Derek. I remember I, I called, and I don't even know where I got the phone number, but I called basically what would have been Japuza mm-hmm. and talked to this guy, David something. I'll think of it here in a bit. Bunker, Don, yeah. I remember Don Hill, but it was David something. Anyway, yeah. I, I'm on the phone with him and he was almost like, so he was just kind of like very kind, very, uh, but he was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is leader dogs. We want, we absolutely want you to come play, you know? So I made the call, but they would have wanted to contact us anyway, because he and Don Hill, who are some of the um, people behind mm-hmm. um, putting the lineups in, there were multiple people working on it, but they were involved. They had heard the record and they were right. like fan, huge fans. In fact, Don Hill was kind of like one of our stage hands that day. Oh, okay. Um, and this Glenn, David. Glenn Kaiser, Glenn Kaiser himself was a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah. So, were they part of that group Kettle Black by chance? Cause I remember a group. Yeah. I remember. Yep. Kettle yep. Black. Yep. yep. Not, not Don Hill, but um, David, whatever his last name is, I can, it's escaping me now, but I think it starts with a C, but mm-hmm. like like Cunningham or something like that. But anyway, he was part of Kettle Black. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I had the benefit on that day when you guys played that festival of watching your faces as you were reacting to the crowd. And and, yeah. and it, it fed you as you were playing. They fed off you, you fed oh, off yeah. them. But right. watching you watching the three of you, you, Jeff, and you know, Lynn and Jeff and Derek all reacting and going. Oh my gosh! This is, yeah, this that was is cool. working. Right, right. <laughs> it was like, I yeah. just remember your faces after the first song going. I think we're, I think we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very cool. It was a very you had you had no clue if anybody was going to show up that day. Mm-hmm. None of us did. And when we saw the crowd and the people, more people coming into the tent as you kept playing, uh, to see that on your faces was so cool from where I stood because it was like you you worked hard to get here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and uh, you know, yeah. Looking back, I have there's only one standout regret for me. Looking back, and and here's what it is, and this is this just goes to show you, you know that we were we were excited about the prospect, but also there was like some competitive spirit. But basically, I think it was like so we we were scheduled for a one p.m. or two p.m. one of those on a Sunday afternoon in this tent, and. Cornerstone usually started at that time, Thursday, went Friday, right. Saturday, and Sunday. So I went to the same tent that we were going to be playing probably on Thursday, maybe Friday latest. And at the t- same time slot, we, I went into the to the tent and the um, Supertones were playing, the OC Supertones. Oh, okay. And they had a party in that tent. They had Frisbees they were throwing, beach balls and all this stuff. Yep. Now, we had already planned to have a lemonade stand, which I do not regret that in the least bit because it made no. complete sense. But th- but what I did was because I saw all the other things that this that they did, I thought, well, if this is what the Cornerstone, you know, crowd feeds off of, then let's so we we went like to the local Walmart or whatever back in Canton, Illinois, and <laughs> yeah. bought all the beach balls that we could find and <laughs> bought all these things. And yeah, so that. and so it, unfortunately that part of the show was kitsch and that's all my fault because I thought that's a, something that we needed to do in order to like stand out along with like the OC supertones. Um, I think the, the lemonade stand would have been enough and I, and then I could have relaxed more into the show and not been so concerned okay. about concerned when about are the props going to fall and when are we, right. when do we blow up the balls and when do the, when do people hit our balls and all those kinds of things. Um, <laughs> So I, I and plus we got kind of dinged on that from some of the critical review. If you remember, they were like, you know, you guys sound heavy, but you don't, you know. But anyway, I, it doesn't yeah, really I, matter. I, I All I'm saying that. is, it's, in right. hindsight, it just it it was a kitsch last minute idea that we probably should have just ignored and just been, gone out there and done our set. And no, see, I t- I totally disagree. 
because when you showed up at the campground and all you saw were balloons that had lemonade that had the logo on them. That's you true. That's true. <laughs> and and it was like there's gonna be a party on Sunday. Don't don't leave early. You know, don't don't head off the fairgrounds uh, until at least you've stayed till you've seen the leader dogs. And it, it was absolutely. I love campaigns that are unavoidable. Where yeah, and you know, from a marketing that, standpoint, yeah. That night, you picked you, you pick me up at the bus station. And you were like, "Hey, look what I bought today!" And you had all those beach balls and all that stuff. And I'm yeah. like, "This this is going to be awesome." I, yeah, I, it was a memorable show. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, that night, um, Guardian was playing main stage. Yes. And I don't remember when or how I heard this, but J.R. Rowe was like, they were pulling their bus in as we were playing and their windows were down. And he was like, what is coming out of that tent? <laughs> so, yep. Now, was that the same? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. No, I, I remember giving out T-shirts, but I don't think it was that year. I think it was the year after to yeah. Guardian because they were all like that next year, Guardian and Steve Taylor and all those people were coming up to me going, oh, yeah, Leader Dogs. I love that. Love that project. They're really good. So. Yeah, I would have loved for Steve Taylor to pick us up. That would have been amazing. I think that was my first yeah. stage stage dive was that show, too. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a, yeah. Crazy. You know why, Derek? That's the first time that either you or I were in a band where there was enough people to, to, to catch oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't be fun. Right. No, no. Not so much fun. No. This mm -hmm. could actually work. You know those guys were cool. They only did three songs because the singer fell into the crowd, but uh, no, <laughs> never quite got back up again. Yeah. Well, anyway, gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun. We're this is this went long, but yeah, it doesn't feel really like great. it because um, there's been some good, good, uh, good things that have come from good, good times, good times, good memories, good, good memories, guys, um, good, memories. good memories. So appreciate your time. I think this uh, again. Who knows if anybody listens to this, but. We do. So I it'll will. be good to go back and we listen will. to this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll for sure dig up the black plague and you can check it out. Oh, yeah. Do it, man. That will, will make do my it. day. That will make my day. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, guys. Peace. All right. That's a wrap. Have a good Later. one. Later. Out. Out.